We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. Into Sheringham and Solskjaer has won it. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello coaches, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernane. Joining us today is Guillermo Sanchez. He works in the same building as me. He works downstairs with the academy. He's the assistant boys director at Louisville City FC Academy. A license, phenomenal background in the game. Top flight coaching in Venezuela. India, Paraguay, Bolivia, and in the MLS with Orlando City as well. So he's worked at the senior levels. He's now working at the youth levels. I want to get him on and talk about session planning around build or play. We get into philosophy, principles, how he designs a session. He's given me a demo session that I talk through. There's little bits of this that are edited out where we go into the actual exercise. If you want to watch them, they're available on YouTube, on the Modern Soccer Coach page. All the links are up on the Modern Soccer Coach website, modernsoccercoach.com. So if you enjoy this interview and you want the session plan, which I'd highly recommend you check out, head on to the website, modernsoccercoach.com, and you can find it. If you want some of the detail around the exercises with the visuals, Head on to YouTube as well, Modern Soccer Coach page on YouTube. All right, I think you're going to love this one. Big thank you to our friends at Football Careers for sponsoring another episode. The Global Football Recruitment Company that specializes in recruiting for clubs, colleges, universities, private soccer academies around the world. Really excited to team up with them and you'll hear from them at the halfway point with a special offer. If you would like some help on your resume, which I highly recommend. All right, Guillermo, here we go. Enjoy. Guillermo, thank you so much for joining me on the Modern Soccer Coach podcast. No, thank you for, for having me. This is this is awesome. I, I feel that I, I follow you for years. And now that, you know. <laughs> now you see me here, every day. You you're like, oh, God. It's amazing. So it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm honored to be here. So Brilliant. This is, I just said there off before we start recording, this is a great topic. Uh, one that I think youth coaches and, and academy coaches will get a lot from. Build up, build out, whatever you want to call it. Massive, massive topic. We talk a lot about principles as coaching community. When you're at that age group, sometimes it's hard to get those principles uh, and almost reverse engineer it from Man City all the way down to yeah. 11s, 10s, 12s, whatever it is. What principles would you or do you have for that age group when you're when you're putting together these sessions? Uh, for the build out, um, and and I'm gonna be honest, I think um, it's one of the the sessions that I challenge myself more because um, I'm adapting myself to these ages where um, sometimes um, they might not have the long ball that makes a big switch or they goes the ball in behind right away. Um, so in and when you don't have that, you got to concentrate more on those behaviors and those principles. Um, we look for how aggressive uh, we can be with our touches. So when you know the center back gets the ball, how aggressive can he be? And not just because many times I found that they they start taking the touch outside, and they corner themselves to one side of the field, and instead of taking the touch forward, that keeps that option outside open, but also give you. The, the angle pass. So we're looking for the angle pass. Um, um, I talk to them a lot about we go from in to out, out to in. So the passes are not straight, right? So they go, if they go out, now the outside back is not looking to um, to send just that one pass to the winger, but can we penetrate in an angle mm -hmm. so we can break the initial pressure that is around in the five, 10 yards around the player on the ball. Right? Can we find backpedaling? It's a huge one. Um, the uh, we work on the players because that backpedaling, I think, it, it's many times it's overlooked. Of when you do when you look at the stats of how many movements 
the fitness, the physical stats, how many movement a player does on walking, running, a lot of they do is backpedaling, right? And sometimes we don't train it enough, so the hamstrings are not used to that backpedal movement. Um, and I think in the build-out, if the midfielders, whether you have two, whether you have three, if the midfield sees that the pressure is coming to one side mm -hmm. and the people off the ball uh, can backpedal mm -hmm. and find those pockets, right? So now that angle path um, is possible. So you, you have to break it down. Um, I think in first is um, the mentality that you want. We do want to build out. Second is the weight of the pass. So that's why um, if you ask me this question three years ago, I didn't like passing patterns. Now I do. I've seen the benefits. Um, you know, the, I think there's this needs to be always conditions so the passive pattern doesn't uh, become uh, monotonous or boring because you you pretty much made the decision for the player already. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going there, you're going here, right? Um, but I think that's where us as coaches need to find a way to make the players fall in love with the idea of practicing their own behaviors, even if it's not needed. Mm -hmm. What do I mean by that is, and, and I remember this from, from Yuri. Yuri is a player, um, came to MLS from, from um, Barcelona. And I remember him saying, Guillermo, in Barcelona, you couldn't wait for coach to tell you, check your shoulders. In anything we did, we knew we have to do that because that's going to help us. So he's telling there that he's deeply convinced on that behavior. So instead of us concentrating on, on this behavior, or that behavior is how do we convince the person? So when we're not even looking, they're also trying mm -hmm. to check their shoulders, mm -hmm. backpedal. Does that answer? Yeah, that, um, that pass and pattern there, you mentioned there about the longer pass. A lot of pass and patterns you see are, there's no variety in the passes, right? They're mm -hmm. all, and you talk about that rhythm where players get bored because you can almost, you know, short, long, do, yeah. short, long, do. and there's just, you can almost see the disengagement in young players' faces. You're obviously trying to keep changing that, keep yeah. adapting everything to keep them fresh with it. Yes. The, and actually, this one, I like only having eight players. There's eight cones. So that means that there's two balls. So where the ball is going to start, <clears throat> when they follow their pass, that cone is going to be empty. Mm -hmm. So that forces the person, mm. instead of passing there, now they have the option to not to ask for the ball at feet, but to ask do a double movement. So they backpedal from the cone, but ask for the ball in front of them because now they're going to be dribbling at a cone and not passing. Right. So that's one of the variations that we've done where there's no only passing, there's also dribbling in the passing pattern because one of the principles is once you're in the pocket and you can find the ball, you get the ball and you can turn and you have space, take it drive it and i think um uh, nilo the the coach from um from spain that after the world cup after spain lost he, he said that he was disappointed of himself because he felt that they have built many good passers but not enough game changers mm -hmm. where they can dribble Absolutely. right yeah. and, and and i think that you know if if a kid is not dribbling the ball and then on the game, he takes the ball, he, the outside back, for example, right outside back, gets the ball. There's space in front of him, but he, if all he's been doing is passing, 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 mm -hmm. now he might pass when the best decision is to take the space mm -hmm. with the ball, right? Or at least um, be comfortable with it. So I think that those are, and I'm sure there's more challenges that I haven't um, perceived yet, but, um, but I will. And so those those are some of the challenges, and I think that we need to adapt and and challenge ourselves and not be fearful of oh if I try to build out and um, and depress me and we'll lose the game because of a goal. Mm -hmm. But that's part of the progress, mm -hmm. right? So you gotta find success in failure. And on that, going to the first thing you said was when when they receive kind of going outside. That's almost avoidance of pressure, but that gives you a different problem 
in three seconds, you've given yourself less space. Yeah. You're now, you know, it's easier to press. So for pl- young players to be successful with pressure, they almost have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and all yes. those other things, right? Yeah. Like the way to solve pressure, you're saying today, you're seeing today at the top level, it, they're not even phased by it. They're actually, and now you see with Deserve and that type of soccer, they're actually invited. They want it. Yeah. So that it opens up the space yes. somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, th- and those players are comfortable with having... Uh, so sometimes in the build-out, I ask the defending team to go man for man to get the kids used to trying to dribble that person and get out of that pressure. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just a pass. So you got the pass, you got a dribble. Uh, like the young is a perfect example. He's so comfortable. Okay, you come in here, I'll take you one way, I'll mm-hmm. go the other way, and I'll get out, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have a kid that, that I feel that he, he does that really well. Um, and for him was more about um, he needed courage from the coaches and his surroundings to that it's okay if it doesn't work out because I know eventually it will. So that's where coaches, we need to, I call this uh, eating the cheese, meaning, um, for example, my, my son, is when he was one and a half, he was trying to eat this Venezuelan food. It's called like an arepa, like a, a pita uh-huh. bread. And it had eggs and cheese, right? Yeah. So he he said, I want to do it myself, right? And the grandmas were there. Mm-hmm. And they were they're like, they knew that once he grabbed it, because he's a baby, the cheese was going to fall on the ground. Yeah. So the grandmas go, no, no, we'll give it to you. Instead of, that's where I said, let him. I'm willing to waste that cheese mm. because the courage for him to want to do it by himself, that's to me where it translates on the field later on. If a kid is used to have courage to try things, so we have to be willing to waste some cheese. The, in the build out is we have to be willing to lose the ball. Sometimes we're gonna get score on, right? But eventually, if we're true youth development, um, we're teaching them the right things as, as they go. Brilliant, God, love that, love that. Uh, also, gonna gonna chat before we get into the session. Gonna chat about a little bit about the behaviours uh, with creating the environment w- when the players arrive. And obviously, this is an academy, and there's a professional pathway. And sometimes that can create this ultra professionalism at a really young age. We've done podcasts about that. W- what's your take on when players arrive and young kids show up and they they get their five ten minutes early? What do you try to What do you try to facilitate for that for those early moments before you get going? Yeah, so so there's two terms I always talk to them early in the year. There's 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 a difference between training and practicing, right? Training is what you do with the team to achieve common goals. Um, uh, an example is, um, let's say you're a center back and your team has been training possession for the past two weeks, that's in the back probably hasn't cleared a ball in two weeks. So he might go into the game with a with a skill that he he's it's not automatic because he hasn't practiced, he hasn't had repetitions. So to me, early when they come at the U14, we're, we 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 have introduced the the bands, okay? Mm-hmm. The, and and we we want to make the, the connection for them to see how that's going to benefit them. So in the build-out, I talked to them, I was like, hey, if you don't do band, if you do band along the season, your groins are going to get better, stronger, your balance. So now you can hit that angle ball that we're trying to hit with pace in the Mm build-out, for example. So we try to do the bands and and, and try to encourage them to practice the first touch, practice their passing, and for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. right before. I know that the space might be challenging sometimes because there's maybe another team training, um, but we do encourage them on on those aspects of the practice. Practice is, is what you do repetitive times to become excellent at it. So if they can, again, if we can deeply convince them of those terms, mm-hmm. because one thing that um, I, in South America, this happens a lot. Players are told everything they have to do. I remember this club in Paraguay and the the players, 
they they served the food for them they had everything here's a drink after training mm -hmm. and i remember we signed one of those players uh one time and the kid was 18 and i said do you eat carbs and he's like what are carbs he didn't know what they were and and i'm like but you didn't have a like sport nutritionist and the other clubs like yeah we did but there's no there wasn't teaching mm -hmm. it was do what i say mm -hmm. do this so that kid when he's on his own he might not make the best choices on his nutrition because he's never been educated so to me if we always have somebody to babysit them we're taking away the autonomy and their self-driven behavior, right? And 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 a new video came out a few months ago from Man City where where you have the Portuguese center back that they signed, but they show him his brushing his teeth for with this app for like five minutes, and then he takes his drinks. But he doesn't have somebody there to tell what to do. Yeah. He's doing it because he's used to uh, take care of himself. So I think that part of the youth um, in this country, especially um that we need to encourage more self-driven behaviors independence independence yeah you see it at the college observe quite a few college training sessions over the year i always find it really interesting where we now have budgets resources in, in the us to a really high level but the players before the actual whistle starts the session they're actually looking as if they're waiting to be told. Yeah. When when we go back and, and to drop in, you know, one of your experiences of working with a, a player like like Kaka at that level, what are they doing before a session? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He you know, Kaka he he had his own uh personal trainer or physiotherapist uh that he's traveled with from Brazil to to Spain to Italy back to Brazil and back to the US. And, but he, you could, he was the one telling him, hey, tomorrow, if training was at 10, hey, let's meet here at seven. And he was there, he was the first one there taking care of himself, right? And that's the difference that Nanny would do the same where he would finish a training and he would come to us and say, hey, can we do some finishing individually, right? So they, again, Diomansi Kamara, um they play in Fulham for from Senegal. He was to me I remember going to the gym and he's like, Yermo, don't tell me what to do in the gym. I know my body, I know how to do it. Don't worry. And I said, Okay. And he knew and but he was there every day. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to tell him, Hey Dio, you gotta go. No, no. That and to me, um that's the, the big difference. The the top level athletes, yeah. they the their their willingness to do what it takes on their own and not being told. And it links to playing, like one of the things you said in the build out, and then we're, I don't think we're going off on a tangent here because that that's responsibility and courage. Yeah. And you got to take the ball in high pressure situations. You've got to be able, you're not going to have a coach. You mentioned there about the, the Barcelona player. If a coach can't tell you where where's pressure coming from, yeah. you've got to be able to take responsibility for those moments, right? Yeah, 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 and I think I think the responsibility of a coach comes in in making sure that we're we're utilizing different learning methodology. That it's not just a training, but maybe it's a video session, it's a bodily session where they're seeing somebody, a group at their age, um, doing the behaviors, uh, peers. Um, so we because everybody learns in different way. Yeah, most people are visual, but. Um, I have a player right now that he loves the tactical board. Like I have to go tactical board. Like he's not a guy that I'm gonna be. Hey, when the ball is here, get wide. He he looks at me like I'm speaking in a different language. But if I bring the tactical board for him, it's like oh, it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. So asking those questions to the players early in the year is like what would be the best way for me to to be more effective communicating. Sometimes you get responses like coach, I I want you to be hard on me or no, coach, I, I rather one on one, or I like tactical board, or show me a video, mm -hmm. or tell me on the field. That different, um, and I think that's where we have to. If we expect self-driven players, we also have to be self-driven 
to to go the extra mile and find what works best for each player. Hello coaches, we'll take a quick break here. Today's podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Football Careers, global football recruitment company that specialises in recruiting for clubs, colleges, university, and private soccer academies around the world. In addition to their specialist recruitment services, they also support candidates at all levels of the game with professionally designed football resumes. I recently had mine created by them and the professionalism and the design really, really impressed me. They also support candidates in coaching philosophy brochures, PowerPoint presentations and interview coaching for all your application and interview needs. They've worked with the FAI, the FAW, coach education departments, the LMA, the English PFA, some of the high profile clients that use their services. They have been kind enough to offer Modern Soccer Coach podcast listeners 20% discount on their marketing products using the code MSC20, MSC20 at checkout. Check them out now, footballcareers.com. Use the code MSC20, get your 20% off. They are fantastic, they are brilliant, and we really appreciate their support. On that topic there, with that responsibility and balance and independence and environment, where would you set the in terms of build build out? Where do you sit on the on the continuum of structure and freedom, where you're giving players a little bit of space to solve problems, or it's the system that's all you mentioned there, player to player, man to man coverage. How do you how do you manage the complexity of individual freedom in that build out? Yeah, I think I think that the Luke Luke Spencer, I think he he does a great job of mixing the the reflection aspect of the session with the players where sometimes he might bring them in and talk to them about the options or sometimes he he might let them hey you guys talk among yourself let's see if you can find a solution i think that that's great and we've been applying that as well um and i think in those conversations those reflections if we can guide them into um them coming up with some solutions. Um, so that's where you have to create an environment where they're not afraid to speak. Because sometimes if they're afraid to speak and they say an idea and the idea is shut down, right? Somebody's laughing or you know, or the coach is like, no, that won't work. So next time you want that kid to come up with an answer, he's going to retrieve himself. Um, so for example, um, in this specific example with the, the build out, our left winger is pretty good on the ball mm-hmm. and he loves checking in. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, I was like, no, stay high. But then I'm like, okay, if he's already, he's really good at getting out of pressure. So I kind of, okay, let's, let's dance with his behavior. If he's already like checking in, I, you know, we brought him in and say, okay, if this player likes coming in, what can we do to occupy that space? And the 10, the A10 on his side was the one that's like, well, he can tell me and we can rotate, right? So we occupy and then we're moving. I'm like, okay, so to me, if you remind him of the angle, the angle is like, let's get in behind them. Let's go, let's create a chance. We wanna attract them here. Okay, how? And let them give him some freedom. Um, so I think it's it's easier for them to buy in into what they want to do like if they feel that it's their decision people are going to be more likely to buy into it right so you tell a kid you you can, you can drink but if they come with a decision i shouldn't drink then you yeah. they buy more right so <laughs> brilliant. brilliant all right uh we'll get into the session for a little bit coaches want to have a look at this here we'll, we'll put this piece on youtube um and on the website so You've gone from a rondo into the passing pattern. Is there a reason why you've gone from opposed into unopposed? So um, I actually flipped it with this group. Um, This group that I have right now, the U14. I started like this just because players love rondos. Love, um, uh, and by the way, in this rondo, we don't allow this side pass. Oh yeah, okay. Right, Brilliant. Yeah. because the the opposition cannot defend it. Mm-hmm. Right, it's outside the grid. Mm-hmm. So that and that forces that guy 
or that person has to play in angles. Has to, yeah. Right? Which that, is your principle. Which, which is the principle. Yeah. Playing angles, right? Um, so for with this particular group, the group last year, you gave him a rondo. And to me, I'm bacon what sets the, the mood and the environment for that specific group. And mm -hmm. each group is going to be different. Um, with this group, I started with rondos and then passing patterns to open up more of the space. So now they're getting the 15-yard pass, more yeah. running, right? They already, the run that they're moving a little bit here, the passing pattern, they get some running. But with this particular group, um, they, because they're coming from U13 to U14, and I kept getting frustrated because they are, they were not starting sessions with a right mindset. And that drove me crazy. Um, and I kept, you know, talking to them and, and I'm like, you're find a different way. Mm -hmm. So I flipped it where let's go with the passing pattern right away. They get there. Let's go passing pattern. Boom, boom, boom. Now, when they go into the rondo, it was a different pattern. They were coming from, hey, let's joke around. Oh, rondo is still part of a joking around, laughing with each other, where I'm business, business, business. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that with this particular group, it's been working better um passing patterns and then rondos just for the mentality yeah 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 learning to train and yeah. yeah um okay going into now the the build out game night that was my question are they restricted to any of the zones um so the the defending players start on the lines and they can all go in mm -hmm. as soon as the goalkeeper plays the ball and then the the back line is also waiting for that ball to cross this into this zone to step in right but it's going to have a progression to that um then you we we have to coach the the defending team because what happens to if they stay very spread out and it becomes really easy to send penetrating passes so then you work on the defending team hey are you letting a team really break you that easy so they start staying narrow so then that brings a different uh situation to the back line, if they're narrow, how quick can we swing it around to break the line, right? Uh, if the defending team wins it, it becomes live. And I love this exercise. I also do it for the final third attacking mm -hmm. combination, the final third. We just flip it and, and leave the, the end zone bigger so there's more space to run in behind. Uh, what I like about this exercise is that you keep rotating. So the initial team, you have people waiting on the outside for both teams. So now the back line becomes in the midfield. The midfield goes into waiting. Um, so it goes with, I think Luis Enriquez uh, said it um, two months ago after the World Cup where, or a month ago where he talked about at the youth level at some point they need to change sometimes positions mm -hmm. to understand yeah. how yeah. it yeah. works, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they, this brings out a lot of it. I love, um, I copied this exercise from when I got here. I, I started doing it when I got here. I started doing it and I really liked it. Um, I think it allows the outside backs um, in this exercise to recognize the timing when to go inside. Because if the, if the three go like this because you you're pretty much four versus three so we work on can this person go inside which that makes one person go out yeah here. so they have the attacking team has freedom sometimes, sometimes zonal games restrict but this one i love about it's it's almost that the the defensive team are given the the visual of the lines yes the the possession team is given the visual of the spaces. It's almost two different. Yeah. Yes, brilliant. Yeah. So, and then the next challenge is when the ball goes to the second zone, right? What decisions are being made by if this person gets a deep, right? What kind of movement are these two are doing? Are there are they coming under? which opens a space for somebody to join. Yeah. Right. Because you, you given the freedom, you want to be numbers up. Um, and then um, 
I try to tell them, okay, if somebody's coming under, what should the other person be doing? And they they know the stretching. Stretching is a, a word that we use a lot. So they know, okay, let's make a running behind. So this person has to make a decision. Um, and usually what happens is this person comes here. So we'll have time because this person might step, but they have time to turn and play this ball in behind, right? So in essence, that's what you're trying to do in the build-out, right? Getting behind. So another principle that we uh, communicate a lot is um, movement ahead, mm -hmm. right? And so with that one is we tell them, does the person on the ball have pressure? If they have pressure, they need more support. Mm -hmm. But if the person on the ball doesn't have pressure, then they need movement ahead, right? So to give them that visual, mm -hmm. when is for me to support, mm -hmm. when do I go high? Mm -hmm. right. um, it, you know, obviously here it sounds impactable. It sounds like, man, this, this guy makes him play like, <laughs> like Guardiola, but it's not like that. It, 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 it challenged us to a lot of patience. Uh, I'm not going to lie. But, but what I, one of the principles that comes out in this exercise, and that's why I love it, is breaking lines, mm -hmm. playing forward, the ability for the player to look forward right away and break the line yeah. with the passes. Um, I got some clips from from the, that team that the, the center backs, one of the center backs, is, it's, one is getting better. The other one was already outstanding at breaking lines when he came here. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely game. And it's life it, because the, the defending team is not bored because they do want to win the ball to go to goal. Yeah. Right? Um, and I tell them, if you, if the defending team scores, they become the offensive team. So we swap them. Uh -huh, yeah. So okay. now it's okay. competitive, which also bringing it back to the uh, passing pattern. I think it's very crucial that we make passing patterns competitive, so the intensity of the players rises and it becomes closer to game like. So if you have the same distance of two passing patterns and make it competitive, where you have to get here six times. Now they're going to start speeding it up, right? And then you work on, on them, uh, on the touches and all that, all the, all the feedback on the flow. Hello, coaches. We'll take our last break here. If you're looking for some exercises and some sessions and some ideas around your training, head on over to modernsoccercoach.com. There are free PDFs on the Modern Soccer Coach Shop website that you might want to check out. And we've also got a new ebook around scanning, 20 scanning exercises for elite level players, exercises to help vision and awareness, in warm-up exercises, rondos, small-sided games, decision-making and awareness are at the forefront of these exercises. ModernSoccerCoach.com slash shop. If you enjoy the work and you want to read a little more, you want to support it, please head on over. ModernSoccerCoach.com slash shop. Thank you so much. And then the last one, then finishing up eight v eight. This is full pitch, or sorry, not full width. Yeah. Um, more spaces. Again, you're not restricting any movements in that. There. No, I, the, in that game, the the lines are just visuals, visuals yeah. for them to, you know, play forward, break the line. Uh, where's the space? There's not really. This is the time that I think it's it's for us coaches to evaluate ourselves. If, if the session was effective or not, right? If it's not being effective, if they're not making decisions, if they're not talking um, like you asked them to do in the passing pattern, may, maybe your teaching methodology was not the best that day. So I think that, you know, the first, if it's a 25-minute game, the first 10 minutes, you, you know, you can coach them the flow, but at some point you have to let them play within the the restrictions of the game, not restrictions, the conditions of the game um, for them to express themselves and see, and see, because you might, um, I, I'm a huge believer that the players sometimes, many times give you the answers that you're looking for. And if we're paying attention, like that rotation of, of the 10 and the winger, mm -hmm. when, when I saw them do it by themselves, I'm like, oh, we got something here. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's point it out. Let's continue to do that. Yeah. Right? So it's... Because if someone had said, 
again, I, I don't I don't work in youth de development. If someone had a said, if you had a said that there, we'll try a rotation of that. There. I'd have said, oh, no, you're not pulling that off at that age group. It's too they're too young. Yeah, but they they did it, which yeah. it gives you then. I don't know, maybe they can handle a bit more than yeah. Be, yeah, no, and and we're trying to introduce more the what I one of the things right now we're we're playing with three in the back and. We're changing it, right? We're changing formations to see, um, and we'll, will they know when we go four, the weak side outside back goes inside. Yeah. Will be next, like yeah. Man City is yeah. doing right now. Um, and what I found is once the team loses the ball, the left back recovery, it's it's very short because they're already tied with the team. Mm -hmm. So I, I found I'm like, oh, that's lovely. And we played a team in nationals last year that both outside backs at the same time were pushed inside. Oh. And it brought a lot of issues to us and we had to adapt. Yeah. And I, it was impressive to yeah. see. So I, I think that, um, you know, the Pygmalion effect is very important, the youth development. Pygmalion effect meaning if you believe that they can do it, then you're gonna become more patient. You're gonna give them more positive feedback. But if we go with a mindset that, uh, you know, this group is not gonna get it, mm -hmm. right? You're gonna you're gonna find you're gonna face frustration more often, and you're not gonna be willing to work with the process to get things done, mm -hmm. right? And if it doesn't work, you then just have an easy out. Then yeah, it's like you see, yeah. I was right, yeah. right, because we we like being right. Yeah, as humans, yeah. behavior is normal. Yeah, um, you've kind of alluded there to the fact that at the end of the session, you've kind of you go back and and reflect almost live, reflecting live at the end where you know what landed, what didn't, what impacted. When you when the last couple of minutes, how do you wrap it up with the group? What's your process is there? Um, so we tried, um, at the beginning of the session, we kind of give them, Hey, these are the three things, you know, how politicians speak in threes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Um, three things we want, uh, the play forward, lane angles, movement ahead, for example. And we ask them what, if it's not that cold outside, because sometimes <laughs> get them you know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, penguins yeah. out there. Uh, <laughs> So, hey, what do you learn this session? What do you think? What solutions did we find? Um, what challenges? And sometimes I also ask him, what do you think I could have done better to help you in the session? And at first, they're not going to say anything. Yeah. But as you build a relationship and um, they understand that it's okay to be vulnerable, that to be vulnerable, you have to have courage. Um, because I think we, we want to be an example to them to... The growth mindset has to start from us and if they see it it's easier for them to follow it um so sometimes i ask them like what do you think it's like our oh, coach maybe you know the it was when you told us two touches but then you want us to take the space mm -hmm. then you know for example mm -hmm. something like that the contradicts yes something it's like oh yeah good note i think that's that's where we as coaches need to keep adapting the exercises because each group is going to bring you a new challenge mm -hmm. and see we have to modify it to bring the best out of us or out of ourselves as well. Brings us along nicely then. The aspect then you, you do some some mental training with players, coaches as well. Yes. Uh, talk about a little bit about that there because there's a lot of what you've said so far that you can see the connection that you the way you talk about the game. Yeah. The psychological and the and the tactical they're all quite Yeah. Close. No, this is um when i came to the us to study i only wanted to play soccer and when i i was groomed into sports psychology field by my mentor um i fell in love because of what you said i could see the connection mm -hmm. and i'm like man these are two passions of mine now it makes sense speaking different languages is also a passion but you know the the fact that learning the how a pregame routine and adapting a pregame routine to different situations can set the the right or the wrong mindset of a group or, or an individual it's something that fascinates me and um i do work with athletes on um 
having a winning mentality no matter the situation that they face because players face number of different situations every situation is particular to that person so teaching different skills for them to 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 have an option to respond and not feel that they're out of options and they might freeze and they might um, make wrong decisions because they don't know what options they had out there um, I work with a lot of coaches too on, on their development um, their feedback I'm very passionate about what type of feedback are we given um, with your objective? What mindset are you given the group? How do you transform a group into a team? I love that process um, because if you don't have role acceptance, the, the group is never going to become a team, right? And it, and it breaks. And, it, and at the pro level, it's even more challenging, yeah. right? Because you have salaries, you have bonuses and um, oh yeah, and here in the states, the salaries are public, so mm -hmm. you might have a forward that's making 200k and scoring goals, and the one that's making 1.5 is not scoring. Yeah. So the 200 is like, <laughs> yeah, where's my knows. race? Yeah. Where's my race? <laughs> right. So and that might break the team dynamics. So um, that's where I consult um, a lot of coaches, a lot of players, um, fascinated by that, and I also work with parents. Right, because in the, the, they're part of the the formula. They're part. Of, they live the day by day, uh -huh. and and they can either. Uh, I one of the things I concentrate a lot on it's in convincing. Right, if you can convince a player, we just took the the U14 to the Mohammed Ali Museum last week. I can tell them work hard, just dedicate. But if they see they're going to a museum and they read it. From what he did, for example, we we talk big. This ties to passing pattern. Um, there was a phrase that Muhammad Ali he would do rounds and rounds against imaginary opponents. So, and Serena Williams does it too. Pavarotti did it too. Where Serena, every time she would serve. She was not practicing the serve. She would practice what situation and what game she would use that serve. Okay, I'm down 30 0. Okay, I need, or 0 30, mm. and I need to make this ace on the tee. Mm. So that self demanding uh, from each athlete will make him train at a high level of intensity, even without opponents. That's where the passing pattern. So we, we actually tied in. Look at this. How does that tie to passing pattern? That was the question. And the players, one of them is like, okay, we need to think that in the passing pattern, we're playing the final of nationals and that I need to backpedal to get out, to get us out. Right? So if we can, um, that I love that visit because it, it saves me hours of messages that I want to give them throughout the year. I, I usually, um, I go to a team, and I see, okay, what do they have? What do they need? What can I give them in an eight-month period mentally, right? And then we do different activities to do that. And I still remember uh, last year with the team that made it to the Elite Eight, and we won training 7.30 at night. It was cold. And I look around, and I see every team in the academy doing passing, doing this, doing this. And I'm having them do team building activities where it's like the helium stick that yeah. they have to bring a stick down. Yeah. And I'm like, man, they might think I'm crazy. Yeah. But that group, they didn't know how to work as a as team. Yeah. And I felt that that was a training session they needed. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm passionate about that because it connects to life. It connects. I don't. I don't only work with people related to sports, but I do use sports as a venue, as a mean that's going to connect us to learn life values and to apply those values on a daily basis. I I went for a run in the summer. I didn't tell you this. I went for a run. This was months and months ago. It was hard to run outside. You were doing an individual session. I've I've stopped listening to music on my run because I'd use, use my run now just to get away from yeah. the noise. So I didn't have any headphones on. I was just running around. I got close. I was past you. And I could hear you talking about you were getting them to do it. you were doing technical work but you were your messaging was about belief 
in you were connecting belief and i believe it was confidence and you were talking about it i remember passing going like i've never heard that before <laughs> i mean normally when it's a coach and they're doing individual work you can hear it's uh you know lock your ankles or look at yeah. this here but when i heard you talk you were talking about you know you don't have enough belief in what you're doing or whether it was opening up or whether it was okay. receiving angles and i thought wow that's interesting yeah because yeah. it all comes together yeah i can't recall that moment of what i was saying but um yeah i i think that the person aspect even nowadays is 90 percent of it mm. that's why i love the before training and after training i love more that aspect than actually coaching really yeah wow because you know like i i have my list of their birthdays yeah okay so because i remember um i remember a player at the pro level it's like man this coach doesn't even know that today was my birthday we're walking out from training he said that and to me that's a wake-up call that said we need to connect we need to connect we need to find what um makes us all similar right that we can come from different cultures um but if we find um constant variables or connectors that it's it's all about relationships mm -hmm. right and and to me the relationship um i've coached terribly in different places like really bad because the environment i'm not it's not a cop out but i didn't find a way to be the most confident person in the worst institutional environment that i've been in <laughs> yeah. right yeah uh, without like, like a lot of, a lot of people are nodding their heads right listen to that. yeah yeah but, but once you're in an environment that it's great, then you express yourself with that freedom. So I always bring it back to us coaches. Are we creating that environment that our kids or our players, no matter what age, they feel that they can express themselves, express. So um, using those words, express for this group, the U14 I've been them. And I told them they're they're fine with me sharing the story. The the first game I coached them at halftime, I could see their faces walking up. They were like about to be in tears. And I'm like, what is this? I've never had this. And I've seen them train like hungry lions. And they're coming to the game. And I'm like, guys, like, are you nervous? And they're like, Yes. I'm like, okay. Close your eyes, right? Let's let's do something. Let's relax. Let's do this. Boom. But express yourself. So I knew from that point on that group would need a lot of support to express themselves. Like be be willing to to eat that cheese. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> but for them to to feel that it's okay to fail, but it's part of it. Um, and I I literally um printed off this image um and i gave it i laminated it and i gave it to all of them um there is an image um i use because um, it, it's a guy juggling uh plates and he keeps breaking the plates right right but it's a it's a one it's not mine it's yeah it's online oh yes right brilliant so yeah one of the training started with a laminated image and I gave it to them and I told them, listen, for you to be successful, you have to fail. And it's the, so then I give them the different options of how you react to a mistake, mm -hmm. how, what trigger, what can you do? And this is what I do with athletes. What, what do you do when you face adversity? Let's look at, I think, um, Kevin De Bruyne is, is a very level player mm -hmm. that when you see, when he scores, his celebrations are not like crazy yeah. jumping to the crowd taking shirts off yeah. but he takes the same approach kind of like the Federer approach where he loses a point or he wins a point his reaction is the same so we want to we want to find that train of emotions that it's not a roller coaster right so that's that's the work i do to to try to help each individual and each individual is, is is different so it is uh i don't get it right don't don't think that I get it right all the time, but the one thing all my players will get is my willingness to work with them. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, 
is it okay for coaches that are maybe coaches that are listening for this or thinking that they would benefit or from a bit of advice or or their players how can people reach you i can put your information below yeah yeah um uh, the person that is doing my social media they're building the website it'll okay. be it'll be up probably in a week or two brilliant um but yeah i give you my social media as a Guillermo coach. yeah we'll put we'll put uh, all that in yeah and my phone number my email um we'll put your phone number up yeah there you go, <laughs> there you go. it's okay it's okay but but no like i i honestly i'm motivated um i see i've seen that sometimes us as coaches we can just like we help we can do damage to kids and and that's what i'm, I'm very passionate about giving coaches um uh, i always work with a bag of golf where if me and you are playing golf and your ball and my ball are 100 yards from from the thingy but my son high grass and yours is on low grass we're not going to use the same club but us as coaches if we try to fix everything with the same club we're going to hit the ball the wrong way many times yeah. so what i do is trying to give them more options build their back of golf with more clubs so they can approach situations in different ways and see what works in a in a with a mindset of what's the most educational aspect for that person because we might know the what but we need to give them the how to the to the kids especially so brilliant hey thank you so much i've, no. I've loved this on one side i've loved this on the other side i'm saying like god i could do 10 of these here so <laughs> I've, I've picked up a lot and like the session stuff's fantastic and then the stuff around the environment absolutely brilliant i've loved it yeah no oh, thank you huge thank you to guillermo for jumping on if you want to follow up with him and reach out to him check out his website guillermocoach.com the links are below in the podcast information if you want to see the visuals in the session head on over to modernsoccercoach.com the discussion around the exercises is on the youtube channel Modern Soccer Coach on YouTube and this session is available to download on modernsoccercoach.com as well. So head on over there. Really appreciate you listening. If you have a coach that you would like to recommend, jump on one of these podcasts and discuss session design, just shoot me an email, Gary at modernsoccercoach.com. I really enjoy doing them. Would love to do some more of them, especially in the youth game. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kernine on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.